Here's a message to you and to everybody. Never forget what these parasites did to our society. And I mean that literally. These people that shoved this narrative down our throat to dial up the fear from 0 to 11 during the height of COVID so they could get their ratings up, so they could sell a vaccine. These are parasites to society. Hello and welcome to A Plea to Humanity, a podcast dedicated to transferring power back to the people. In this episode, episode 9, I'm going to go over how Biden said he wants to fund the pensions of Ukrainian citizens. Hmm? Did, you see, did you see that one? He actually said that. Then I'm going to talk about this cult-like mentality that so many people are in and expose kind of this one guy who's on Twitter, Brian Krasenstein, and this cult-like mentality that so many people are in. Then I'm going to show you a video of a bunch of body bags that were, were probably not dead people. They, one of them was actually alive and just showing the fear and the propaganda that they were shoving down our throats this entire time during COVID. Then we're going to talk about how we need to fund Ukraine to deter the CCP. That's what Mike Pompeo said. Then I'm going to show you a video of a man looting a store, which I'm assuming is in California. I'm going to talk about Proposition 47 and how that is fueling the rise in crime. And then I'm going to go over Marjorie Taylor Greene's, you've probably heard of her before, and her call for a national divorce and what the real solution is. So without further ado, let's get into that first episode of Biden calling to fund Ukrainian citizens and their pensions with our tax dollars. Watch this. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Unreal, right? You can be, yeah, I get it. You want to deter Russia if you're, if you're, if you're pro, um, Funding the Ukrainians with our tax dollars. You want to stop Russia. You want to stop the war. You want to, you want to, you're, you're, you have that mindset. I get it. But this is a guy, a president, the president of the United States, literally, did you hear what he said? Literally just said he wants to use your tax dollars to fund the pensions. The pensions. That's, that's uh, financial stability of Ukrainian citizens. We're not talking about humanitarian assistance. I'm all for that. Let's get the women and children out. Let's supply them food and water. Everybody should be for providing the Ukrainians humanitarian assistance during this during this hard time. Now, he's not talking about sending uh, military aid, using your tax dollars to send military aid to fight their war. He's talking about using your tax dollars to fund their pensions. Meanwhile, what is it? How many Americans can't afford a $400 emergency? How many Americans are sleeping under, under a bridge? How many Americans are homeless? How many veterans are committing suicide every day? And he wants to use your tax dollars to fund the pensions of, of foreign citizens, of Ukrainian citizens? If that's not treason, I don't know what is. If that's not treason, I do not know what is. Give me a break. This should outrage everybody. This should outrage, obviously, this should outrage people on the right. But come on, if you're on the left, if you voted for Biden, come on. Come on, let's just, come on, let's just understand, agree. This is too far. This is too far. We should all look at this and be like, no, I don't want my tax dollars to fund the pensions of a Ukraine. I don't even have a pension. 
right? I'm saving for my own retirement. And my tax dollars are going to go fund the pensions of Ukrainian citizens? Absolutely not. Our American government, our government, the Biden administration has turned their back on the American people. We've talked, we've heard, you've heard about the Ohio disaster, the trail derailment and the explosion and how, what, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg three weeks later shows up for what? An early meeting with the officials down there, doesn't even talk with the people. Biden just recently announced that he's not even going to go. But on President's Day, when, when it actually happened, when that explosion happens, he was quick to go to Ukraine to f give him another $50 million or $100 million or whatever it was. We have a government that has turned its back on the American people. This is borderline, if not treason, to the American people. Now, we're going to shift gears here to this tweet. This is, hey, okay, if you don't like Trump, I get it. If you like Biden, I get it. That's fine. But take a look at this. This is Brian Krasenstein, who has hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. This tweet got 37,000 likes and 3.6 million views. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he's talking about how tr he's accusing Trump of going to Ohio to help the people of East Palestine while, oh, he's giving Biden an excuse for not going. So Trump, who claims to be a billionaire, sent 13 pounds of Trump water and some Goya beans and cleaning supplies to East Palestine worth approximately $10,000. Blah, 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 blah. Yet Trump supporters are asking, where's Biden? Biden is literally coming from a war zone where he stood up against a dictator in support of democracy. The same dictator that Trump claimed. Okay, whatever. That is cult, cult-like mentality. Again, regardless of how you feel about Trump, regardless of how you feel about Biden, Trump literally went to East Palestine to provide aid for the people there. Biden, Biden literally did not. And Biden is literally using your tax dollars to fund a foreign war that we shouldn't even be in there. We should not even be funding that war, to be perfectly honest, all right? It's not what you think it is. You see what I'm saying? And you have this guy who is in a cult, this this isn't a this isn't a biased viewpoint. This isn't a uh, hey you've got your your viewpoints. I've got my viewpoints. This is a cult. Again, Trump literally spent his own money to go help the people of East Palestine. Biden is literally using your money to go help fund foreign citizens and wants to use your tax dollars to fund their pensions. Do you see what I'm getting at? You see what's happening here. So I'm not saying that Trump is a great guy or whatever like that. I'm not saying he's the end-all be-all. I'm not saying he's the solution, but this is cult-like mentality. This is what the people need to understand is happening. Now, we're going to watch a video here of this is, I remember seeing this a couple years ago. This, in the height of COVID-19 fear porn, of all the fear that they were trying to shove down our throats, this, I remember watching this of a, I believe it was CNN, but the video was cut off in a way. You can't really see who the uh, who the organi news organization was, but I believe it was CNN. And how there's a news reporter. And in the background, you see all these body bags. But one of those body bags, there's a dude in that one of those body bags that is very much alive. The wind is blowing. Watch. 59 people killed, at least 149 people wounded. Those numbers are going to go up. There's just no question about that. I mean, you have fierce fighting in a number of locations around the country. You mentioned Chernobyl. Russian forces quickly overtaking that area. We understand they are still in control. The other thing that went, went down today um, that was of huge importance was Russian paratroopers went into an airfield 15 miles outside of Kiev. And for a short period of time this afternoon... You see, did you see how that uh, lady rushed over there? I was like, and probably telling them, oh, you're supposed to be playing dead. You're supposed to be playing dead. Here's a message to you and to everybody. Never forget what these parasites did to our society. 
and I mean that literally, these people that shoved this narrative down our throat to dial up the fear from 0 to 11 during the height of COVID so they could get their ratings up, so they could sell a vaccine, these are parasites to society. Parasites to society. These are not people that we have disagreements with. These are not people that, oh, I disagree on your tax policy and whatever, okay, we can agree to disagree. These are parasites who want to do no good to society, who want to destroy civilization. These are parasites, and we need to treat them as such. These are not people that we're going to agree to disagree, right? These people need to be thrown out of the village. These people need to be thrown out of, out of the town square. And we need to expose them for what they did. Remember how uh, Project Veritas exposed CNN and how they said they want to use climate change as the next uh, uh, fear propaganda to boost their ratings? That was actually something that they undercovered. It was a senior producer from CNN that was like, hey, we used COVID to boost fears to get our ratings up. Now we're going to, next we're going to do is uh, the climate change and the uh, climate alarmism to boost our ratings. Parasites. It's very, very sad what's going on. Next, we have Mike Pompeo. China wants Putin to win. The best way to deter the CCP is to help Ukraine defeat the Russians. Oh, man. Warmongers are going to warmonger. Okay, so I guess we have to give $100 billion to Ukraine. Let's just keep pumping the money. Let's just give us some $200 billion, $300 billion, a trillion dollars. Why stop there? Let's do, let's send all the money in the world. Let's just abolish our savings accounts. Let's take all of our money out of our 401ks. If we, if it stops the CCP, if it stops Putin, then there's no limit to what we're going to do. Let's just destroy our economy. Let's just destroy everything in the process, right? That's essentially what they're saying without even saying it. We have to unfiltered assistance. Give it all to them. Absolutely not. This is fear. This is warmongering. We have no business to be sending military to aid to Ukraine. We have absolutely no business. And this is just Mike Pompeo saying, oh, let's just keep doing it. While, uh, because we need to stop China, right? Give me a break. Give me a break. This is absolutely insane what's going on here. What we're dealing with as the people, the propaganda that is, uh, that we're dealing with. It's insane. I mean... I can give you a quick blurb as to this whole Ukraine, what's going on with Ukraine. There's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, Putin's just a madman and he woke up one day and decided to invade Ukraine. That's not true. Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union. I get it. Russia recognized Ukraine as a sovereign country in what, 1991, I think it was. But the land that is, East, that is Ukraine used to belong to the Soviet Union before the Soviet Union collapsed, obviously. And now all this is... All this is, this invasion into Ukraine from Russia, the previous disputes, the previous invasions. Remember during the Obama administration, Putin invaded Crimea, I believe it was. This is just a territorial dispute. This is not some, Putin's not the next Hitler, okay? He's not going to invade, let's just say he does take over Ukraine. He's not going to invade NATO after that. By the way, NATO, or sorry, Ukraine's not part of NATO. <laughs> people, so many people out there think that Ukraine is part of NATO, but it's not. Okay, so Putin, let's just say he does take over Ukraine. He's not going to invade Europe. He's not the next Hitler. Okay, this is a territorial dispute. All Putin wants is the land that once belonged to Russia. That's it. Now, I'm not justifying the invasion. I'm not justifying the war. But that's all this is. And we, as a, as a, as a country, as the United States of America, have no business 
in fueling that war by giving them military assistance. I get it. You want to supply humanitarian aid, get the women and children out, give them food and water, all for it. But we have no business giving them military aid, the tanks, the airplanes, the munitions, the arms. Absolutely not. We are just fueling this war. And to think that NATO's eastward expansion had nothing to do to instigate Putin's invasion into Ukraine. Think again. Look up into that. NATO's eastward expansion instigating Putin's invasion into Ukraine. Yes, absolutely. Again, this whole Ukrainian invasion is not what you think it is. So, I've got two more things to show you in this episode. Have you heard about Proposition 47? Actually, let me backtrack. So, I'm sure you've seen videos on social media of people looting stores, just maybe taking things off the shelves and walking out. Um, that's more than likely either California or New York, New York City to be specific. But here in California, we passed Proposition 47 back in 2014, also known, ironically titled, the Safe Neighborhood, Safe Neighborhood and Schools Act. And what that did is it reduced the status of certain crimes from a felony status to a misdemeanor status. One of those being theft of personal property under $950. In other words, I could now, you and I could now, in, real, in reality, go to a store in California, in the entire state of California, go steal, steal stuff, as long as that value of what we stole is under $950, if we get charged with that, it won't be a felony, it will be a misdemeanor. Huh, imagine that. And imagine thinking that that's not going to fuel crime, or give people, oh, I can go steal stuff, and if I, if I get caught, I'm only going to get a slap on the wrist? All right, this is a literal piece of legislation that was passed in 2014, Proposition 47, look it up. This is what our, the California Democrats are doing to the state of California. You wanna ask yourself why crime is rising so much in California and why we're seeing so many of these videos on social media of just people going to stores like CVS and just loading up their backpacks and suitcases and walking right out. This is the stuff of how civilizations collapse. When law and order goes out the window, civilizations collapse okay when uh, when power centralizes in one location we're going to get into that in the next segment next and final segment civilizations collapse nations collapse empires collapse obviously america is not an empire and america is a nation but when law and order goes out the window when power too much power centralizes one location again next segment this is the stuff of nations ending this is the stuff of civilizations ending and we're seeing it unfold in real time. This is very, very, I don't want to mean to, I don't want to mean to uh, uh, scare you or drive up that fear like CNN does, but this is real stuff. And we need to pr start preparing for the worst. If you're not ready for a, God, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Be prepared for the worst. Be prepared. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to drive up that fear level. But yeah, this is very, very scary stuff, what we're seeing. So, last and final segment is Marjorie Taylor Greene, you might have heard of her, is calling for a national divorce. This tweet went pretty viral, got 3.3 million views right now, almost 20,000 likes. And there's a thread, so if you want to, there, there's a, uh, we're going to go over the first tweet, but we're not going to go over every single tweet in the thread. If you haven't seen it yet and you want to um, go check it out, go to my social media, click the link in my bio, subscribe to my Substack, and in there I talk about uh, the thread and Marjorie, what Marjorie Taylor Greene said if you want to see the entire thing. But anyway, 
We're just going to go over it briefly about her on her first tweet right here. Why thread why the left and right should consider a national divorce, not a civil war, but a legal agreement to separate our ideological and political disagreements by states while maintaining our legal union. Okay, definition of okay. She goes on and on. Tragically, I think we, the left and right, have reached irreconci irreconcilable differences. I'll speak for the right and say blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. So right off the bat, um, you have people like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney accusing Marjorie Taylor Greene of, or, or not just Marjorie, uh, not just Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney, but you got pretty much everybody on the left that's yelling at Marjorie Taylor Greene and saying, traitor, she wants secession. She's, uh, she's clearly not right there off the bat. I don't want a civil war, but a legal agreement to separate our ideological and political disagreements. So right off the bat, she's not calling for a secession. She's just saying peaceful national divorce. Okay, blah, blah, blah. But the ironic thing, what's the, what's the ironic thing about this? And the irony, and I wrote about this in my Substack. go to corbinsable.substack.com to, to subscribe. We would not be in this situation had we just followed our constitution this entire time. History lesson. Well, just constitution lesson 101. Here we go. Our founding fathers broke away for, or rebelled, revolted against the British Empire. Not just a British Empire, but they revolted and declared independence from a centralized authority. Okay? People think it's like overtaxation and stuff like that. Yeah, that was part of it. But the biggest thing that we that fueled our revolution and declared independence from the British Empire was just centralized authority. Too much power and authority rest in one place. So as a result... When our founding fathers first wrote the Constitution, it wasn't the Constitution, it was the Articles of Confederation which preceded the Constitution, that essentially created a system of government that didn't really have, well, it had a central body of government, a federal government, but it gave the states too much power and the federal government not enough power, right? So we weren't really, with the Articles of Confederation, we weren't really a United States, so to speak, or a union. It wasn't until the Constitution came around, the Constitution that we follow today, or in theory, follow, in theory, we don't really follow the Constitution, which is what's fueling this whole mess, but, but I digress. The Constitution was set up in a way to give the federal government a central, central body of authority, few, keywords here, few and defined powers, few and defined. So if you go to Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, you will see, bop, 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 everything the federal government can do. The federal government can fund an army, they can establish federal courts. They can coin money. They can, uh, what is it, uh, uh, punish piracy? Uh, piracy? Pi pirates? Piracy? Did I say that right? Hopefully. And, and that's it. Uh, and a few other things. Establish the post office, uh, maintain interstate highways. Just Article 1, Section 8 to get a, compre a comprehensive list of the powers our federal government can have. Then you go look at the Tenth Amendment, the last amendment of the Bill of Rights. And it says... Anything not given, any power not granted, this, this is not a verbatim quote of the 10th Amendment, any power not granted to the federal government to, falls to the states and, and to the people by default. So in other words, if it's not in Article 1, Section 8, the federal government cannot do it. So that goes for basically a lot of things that the federal government is doing, anywhere from the Department of Education to welfare to you name it. The federal government does not have the power, but politicians on both sides of the political aisle, Republicans and Democrats alike, have loosely interpreted the Constitution, and they've taken clauses out of context, such as the General Welfare Clause and the Commerce Clause, to say, oh, look at that. If you interpret the Constitution that way, then I guess the federal government does have... No, it doesn't have the authority to do it. And the Founding Fathers, I guess it was just common sense back then that they didn't want to have a 
centralized body of government that had too much power. So they didn't like, they made, they could have worded the constitution better, I'll say that. But no, our federal government needs to have few and defined powers. And what Marjorie Taylor Greene here is saying by a national divorce just means we need to take that power that the federal government has taken from the states and the people and transfer that power back to the states and people. Remember, governments work best when it's closest to the people. So lo the, the meat and the potatoes of our republic should be made, should be the decisions should be made at the local level, the city level, the city council level, the mayor level. And then as governments get farther and farther away from the people, county governments, state governments, federal governments, that's when, that's the, that's the uh, big stuff, the stuff that, the, the few and defined powers, right? So what is happening here? Over the past, I don't know, 100 years, 150 years or so, power has been gradually transferring to the federal government. And as I mentioned before, when too much power rests in one centralized body of government, nations tend to collapse, empires tend to collapse, civilizations tend to collapse. Couple that with how law and order is essentially being thrown out the window in places like California, New York. And I don't think our future is looking bright. Again, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to up that fear level, but this is, yeah. Had we just followed our constitution, had we just kept the federal government intact with few and defined powers to keep our nation intact, we would not be in this situation because right now what we're seeing is we have people on both sides, politicians on the left and the right, and people on the left and the right trying to impose their worldview on the rest of the country. How does that make sense? That doesn't make sense, right? Why would I want to impose my worldview on people in Wyoming or New York or Florida or whatever? It doesn't matter, right? We should have essentially 50 sovereign states, 50 little mini countries, all united under one government that funds the army and the navy, that keeps our union intact. That's the job of the federal government is to keep our union intact and deal with foreign affairs. Everything else, every, literally everything else falls to the states and local governments and, and to the people by default. And again, when decisions are made as close to the people, that's when the people are most empowered. When decisions are made in the far-off land of Washington, D.C. and 535 politicians, that's when the people are least empowered. And that's exactly what's happening. We need to go back to our roots and remember federalism. Federalism will save this country, will empower the people. If we could just get the power out of the federal government and transfer it back to the states and to the people. That's what it is. That's what we need to do. And that's all Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying. I mean, among other things, if you go read her thread, she's saying a lot of interesting, inter I'll just leave it, say interesting stuff, right? But that's it. That's it. The, had we followed our constitution, had we remembered our history, had we remembered what our founding fathers revolted against and fought a war against and declared their independence from, we would not even be in this mess. And I've said it not on this podcast before, but really, we shouldn't care too much who our president is. We shouldn't care too much who our Congress members are because their power should be few and defined. But it's not. We're living in the inverse reality of how our founding fathers created our country. We're living in the inverse in that everything does start from our federal government and that does impact the states. No, 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 no. We need to do things like abolish the Federal Reserve, abolish the 16th Amendment, the federal income tax, transfer that power back to the states and I feel like I can ramble on and on and on about this forever, so I'll close it at that. But I wanted to share with you this meme that I saw was a... I shared it to my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, at Corbin Sable, and Twitter, at Corbin Sable. This is a top-shelf meme. For those listening on audio, 
Um, it's a the top picture is three people. The first the first person has a caption that says "People living paycheck to paycheck." Behind that person is another person holding a gun to his head, and the caption is "Landlords living month to month." And behind that person is another person holding a gun to that person's head, and it says "Banks and corporations living bailout to bailout." And the bottom picture is the guy in the balcony with a sniper rifle with a gun to all their heads. And the caption is U.S. government living war to war. That's deep. That's a top shelf meme. And that's interesting. See, again, they have us pitted against each other. Meanwhile, the government is bailing out the corporations fueled by the banks. And there's just so much corruption. Meanwhile, we're over here arguing about climate change and vaccines and ah, things that really do, do not matter. Meanwhile, the Federal, Federal Reserve is just printing trillions of dollars into existence, deflating our currency, leading to hyperinflation, which is going to lead to the collapse of the American nation that we know and love today. No big deal, right? All right. I'll leave it at that. Thanks for watching. My plea to humanity is to pay attention to the bigger things that are happening around us. Pay less attention to the things that don't matter. And thank you for watching. A plea to humanity, episode nine. I'll catch you next time. Have a good day.